0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. God dwelt among the children of Israel in the tabernacle, but as you entered the court, you were confronted with the reality that you could not approach God on your own. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 27 on Simply the Bible.
0: Imagine being one of the Israelites living in the wilderness at the time of the Exodus. The tabernacle would be built in the center of the congregation with all the tribes camped around it. The white linen curtains that marked the boundaries of the outer court rustled in the desert wind. You realize that beyond this was the sanctuary where the God of the universe dwelt in the most holy place. As you walked around the entire perimeter of the outer court, you could only find one way in, a single door on the east side made of linen, its colors of blue, Purple and scarlet stood out in stark contrast against the white hangings of the outer court. Anybody could walk through that door into the outer court. Man, woman, or child were all welcome there. But the first thing you saw was a large bronze altar. You were confronted with the fact that the only way for you to approach Almighty God was through sacrifice. Something had to die. For the common Israelite, the bronze altar was as close as he or she could come to God. We pick it up in Exodus 27. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. You shall make its horns on its four corners, its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. Also, you shall make its pans to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its fire pans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze. And on the network, you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath, that the network may be midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles... "...shall be put in the rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar to bear it. You shall make it hollow with boards, as it was shown you on the mountain, so shall they make it." This altar was seven and a half feet long, and seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high. Like the furnishings in the tent of meeting, it was made of acacia wood, but instead of being overlaid with gold, it was overlaid with bronze. Why bronze? Why bronze? Because bronze was the metal of judgment, and sin was judged on this altar. It had four horns from which the sacrifices would be tied. It was hollow, leaving room for the ashes to fall through the grate. And it had rings and poles so that it could be carried. The purpose of the altar was to provide a place where the children of Israel could offer their sacrifices by fire their sin offerings, burnt offerings, and peace or fellowship offerings. Although God dwelt among them in the center of the camp, they had no direct access to him. They were separated from the holiness of God because of their sinfulness. There was a great divide that could only be bridged by the substitutionary death of another. If you wanted to approach God, then you would bring your sacrifice to the altar. You would lay your hand on the animal's head, symbolic of transferring your sins to the animal. And then you would slit its throat. And you knew that the animal was dying because of your sin. The priest would then take some of the blood of the sacrifice and put it on the four horns of the altar. Then he would pour out the remainder of the blood at the base of the altar and burn the fatty portions through this process atonement would be made for the worshiper from man's perspective the only way to approach God was through animal sacrifice on the altar for us today the only way to approach God is through the sacrifice of Jesus the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world as the animals were tied to the four horns of the altar So Jesus was nailed to the cross where he bled and died for our sins. Now, obviously, today the tabernacle is obsolete and the more permanent temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So where does that leave us today? Many people have wrongly assumed that they can approach God on their own. Either they are unaware that their sins separate them from God, Or else they are aware of their sins, but they think that by their own efforts of righteousness and good works, they can approach God. But they are sadly mistaken because God has not changed. He is as holy now as he was when he was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. The bronze altar testifies that there is no other way to approach God except by substitutionary sacrifice and atoning blood therefore this altar points to the cross of Jesus Christ where the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world was bound sacrificed and his blood shed for us there is no other way to be reconciled with god when we understand these things then we come to a much deeper and fuller appreciation of what jesus has done for everyone who trusts in him in giving us free access to the Father. Verse 9. You shall also make the court of the tabernacle for the south side. There shall be hangings for the court made of fine woven linen, 100 cubits long for one side, and its 20 pillars and their 20 sockets shall be bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be silver. Likewise, along the length of the north side, there shall be hangings 100 cubits long, with its 20 pillars and their 20 sockets of bronze, and the hooks of the pillars and their bands of silver. The north and south sides were 150 feet long. The linen hangings formed a fence seven and a half feet high. The 20 pillars, or posts, on each side had bronze sockets, the Medal of Judgment, and silver hooks and bands on top, the Medal of Redemption." And along the width of the court on the west side shall be hangings of 50 cubits, with their 10 pillars and their 10 sockets. The width of the court on the east side shall be 50 cubits. The hangings on one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits, and their three pillars and their three sockets. And on the other side shall be hangings of 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets". So the east and west sides were 75 feet wide, giving the outer court of the tabernacle a two-to-one ratio of length to width. On the west side, there were 10 pillars or posts. And on the east side, there were three pillars on each end with a gap in the middle for the entrance. But there would be, as we shall see, another four pillars there holding up the door to the court. The purpose of the outer court was to be a fence to separate the tabernacle area from the rest of the camp. It would place a boundary between the worship that was going on inside from the ordinary life on the outside. And in this sense, it truly was a sanctuary in the midst of the nation. How we need such a sanctuary in the heart of our nation today, not a physical structure, but for God to occupy the heart of our nation where he is turned to in every crisis and sought after in every major decision. And if our country won't place him in the center, then at least we who call on his name can place him in the center of our lives and in the center of our homes. As Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verse 16. For the gate of the court, there shall be a screen 20 cubits long, woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen made by a weaver. It shall have four pillars and four sockets. The gate of the courtyard was a 30-foot long screen made of fine linen with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It was made of the same colors and material as the door going into the tabernacle and the veil before the Most Holy Place. Anybody was welcome to come into the outer court but there was only one way in. Again, this clearly points to Jesus. The blue symbolizes that he came from heaven. The scarlet speaks of his blood that redeems us. The purple points to his office as our king. Whether one entered the outer court, the holy place, or the most holy place, it all pointed to the fact that the only way to come to God is through Jesus Christ. As Jesus said in John 10, 7, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. This single point access in the tabernacle pointed to the single point access through the door of Christ. No, there are not many roads that lead to heaven. There is one way and that is through Jesus. Verse 17. All the pillars around the court shall have bands of silver, their hooks shall be of silver, and their sockets of bronze. The length of the court shall be 100 cubits, the width 50 throughout, and the height 5 cubits, made of fine woven linen, and its sockets of bronze. All the utensils of the tabernacle for all its service, all its pegs, all the pegs of the court shall be of bronze. Verse 20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light, to cause the lamp to burn continually. In the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening until morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. There were different types of olive oil. The virgin olive oil was made by pressing the olives as opposed to the regular olive oil that was made by crushing them. But the pure olive oil was made from pressing green olives. This was the purest kind of oil, and it produced the least smoke when burned. It was tended by Aaron and his sons continually, except when transporting the tabernacle. In Zechariah 4, the prophet had a vision of the gold lampstand with two olive trees on either side, providing the oil for the seven lamps. It was sort of the ideal situation for a priest because the olive trees took care of the daily ritual of keeping the lamps filled with oil. The angel said to him, This is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The oil lighting the lamps represented the Holy Spirit who always testifies of Jesus, the light of the world. But before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples that they were the light of the world. The vision illustrates that we cannot shine without the pure oil of the Holy Spirit pouring through us. In the book of Revelation, we see that the churches are represented by seven lampstands And that Jesus is in the midst of them, watching over them, commending them for their good works, and correcting them also, so that they will continue to shine for him in the world. However, we must keep in mind that it is not by human might or power, but by the Holy Spirit that we shall shine effectively in this dark world. How the church today needs this empowerment by the Holy Spirit So we see the altar and the oil. The altar tells us that we must be reconciled to God through the cross of Jesus Christ. And the oil tells us that we must have the Holy Spirit to shine for Christ. Have you come to the altar and received the oil?
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at the Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, you can go to their website at calvarytv.org. You can also text the word WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's WELCOME to the number 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll shift gears from building the tabernacle to making the priestly garments. These give us a unique insight into the ministry of Christ as our high priest. We hope you'll join us as we continue in Exodus on Simply the Bible.